Good morning. Good morning. My name is David Greenhaw, and I'm the interim senior minister here at Naples United Church of Christ. And I'm extraordinarily happy to see you this morning. I really am extraordinarily happy to see you. And I'm so happy to not just see you, but, well, I don't see you, but I know you're there, those of you uh, streaming. So welcome this morning, especially those of you who are joining us from Arbor Trace. And I'm Reverend Angela Wells-Bean. Good morning. Good morning. I'm also thrilled you're here. You know, the worship team and the music ministry, we work really hard to plan worship, but we can only do it if folks show up. Yeah. So we're, we're Oh, real... we can do it without them, well, but it's not as much fun. Not, so. no, no, we don't want to go back to those days, no, COVID no, days. No, uh, uh, no, we're thrilled you're here, thrilled to have you folks online. I'd like, you to, I'd like to ask you to register your attendance with us. So please grab those blue attendance pads. Take a moment to fill it out. Please write your contact info, especially if it's changed. We do make sure our database is accurate and pass it along the pew and smile to your neighbor while you do that. And if you're worshiping with us online, we would like you to write your name in the comment section and where you are this morning. And while you're there, you can go ahead and click on a link which will pull up a PDF of our bulletin. So between services today, there is a program that we've been doing for, uh, uh, for six months or so called Intersections. And it's an interview format where we, uh, uh, there's uh, John Bachman, a member of the church who had a background in television anchoring, uh, uh, does a question and answer. And it's a way to get at topics and discussion. And today uh, we're going to do that format and I'll be the one interviewed to talk about open and affirming. Uh, the congrega- this congregation with about a third of the congregations of the UCC is an open and affirming congregation. What does that mean? And uh, come to that. That's in Nelson Hall, room uh, 207. So straight across the way, uh, go up the stairs or take the elevator to the second floor, and uh, we'll be gathered there for about a 35, 40-minute session on open and affirming today in the Intersections program. So we'll see you there. And then on tomorrow afternoon at 4 p.m., we want to invite you back to be part of an important conversation about how the affordable housing crisis in in Southwest Florida is affecting our senior citizen population. They're some of our most vulnerable community members. And the Justice Committee is sponsoring that tomorrow at 4 o'clock in Beverly Hall. And it's also a webinar, so you can join us remotely if you like. And there will be two guest speakers. Esther Lully is the director of the Golden Gate Senior Center. And Michael Puhala, I hope I... Pronounce that correctly, is the executive director of the Housing Development Corporation of Southwest Florida. So they'll be in dialogue with us about uh, how this is affecting our seniors and what we can do to support those folks tomorrow at 4 o'clock. Good. So uh, the 50th anniversary, we've been talking about it. It's coming up. There's a big piece in the bulletin today. You'll notice in the bulletin that there's a little blue box uh, in, in that uh, announcement, and it says the deadline for getting your tickets or registration for the gala dinner. That's this Tuesday at noon. Uh, When the clock strikes 12, we send off to the uh, the caterer how many people are coming. So please uh, be a part of that count. Uh, It's going to be an extraordinary thing. We are going to do a really cool thing there, and uh, I've seen the early take. We're going to premiere a video history of the church. And... uh, 
Uh, it's not 100 hours long. It's just the right amount of time, about 98 minutes. No, it's not 98 <laughs> minutes. It's just the right amount of time, and it's a sweet video. I'm just, you're going to be uh, really pleased with it. And you're going to be able to see it first and say, I was there then, if you buy a ticket and come to the gala. Please uh, join us at that uh, great event. Uh, also, look at all the other great things that are going on for that uh, celebration on the weekend of the 10th, 11th, and 12th of March. And I also heard that I believe uh, Kenny Norland and Mary Lee Turk will be in the gathering place after worship with clipboards. So we're making it as easy as possible for you. If you want to sign up, you don't even have to pay today. They'll just get your name down so we can get your name on the list. And again, we want to reiterate, <clears throat> excuse me, if the cost is prohibitive for anybody, please do talk to David or I, and we, want to, we will make it possible for anyone to attend who wants to be there. And we're giving them shoulder pads and helmets because they're going <laughs> to tackle you in the uh, gathering place to be sure you do that. So people have been asking, how did we do on the stewardship campaign? We heard all about it. Where did it go? It just disappeared. And it didn't disappear. <laughs> so I have bad news and good news. And the bad news is we're not quite there yet. The good news is that our goal was to have more people give this year than last. We've exceeded that. The goal was to have, last year we were $1.4 million. We're well on our way to 1.6 now. Uh, we need to go a little over 1.6. So please, if you by chance have not yet filled in an estimate of giving, please do so. Uh, it will help us be sure that we increase that count and close that small gap we have yet to be sure. I'm positive we're going to get there. Don't make me look silly. So, uh, thanks. Well, that's, I'm sorry. You really can't help that, can you? So, uh, but uh, we will uh, we'll do well on that stewardship campaign. Seriously, if you haven't done estimated giving, go online, ask somebody. They'll get your card to be able to do that. So, this is our first Sunday of Lent. So, for the next six weeks, you'll see David and I in our snazzy purple stoles uh, to represent the season of Lent. And that means that this Wednesday is our first midweek Lenten meditation. Last Wednesday at noon, we had our annual Ash Wednesday service to mark the beginning of the sacred season. And this Wednesday, our um, midweek meditations begin. It's a brief service, just 30 minutes of beautiful music and uh, reflective homily, so a chance for you to get centered in the middle of your week. And so join us at noon. David will be offering the reflection this week, and Radu Papanyu, who conducted at our 50th anniversary concert, he will be our guest musician. So come to the sanctuary at noon on Wednesday. So a few weeks ago, we had a wonderful pianist, a young uh, woman who played uh, the postlude. I think she played a, a prelude and a postlude before. And people really liked her, and they thought she was so good. Well, she's back. Her name is Elise Brown. And what you didn't know then that I'm going to be sure you know now is that she's a senior in high school. She's right over there. And she's right over there. Over there. There she is. <laughs> I was going to say, that's Sasha. That's not right. There. <laughs> so uh, so we, uh, you'll want to listen for that uh, uh, after, at the postlude today. Um, let us uh, proceed with the worship of God. Even so... Even so, it is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. To be well with your soul does not mean everything is well and all is fine and all is good. Even so, it is well with my soul. 
Sisters and brothers, let us gather and be called to worship and do the soul work and confirm and affirm that it is well with my soul. And I invite you to join me in our invocation, which you will find printed in your bulletins. Let us pray together. God of covenants, we often move through deserts and wildernesses unchanged. Today, we ask you to be with us in this time of worship that through scripture and song, we will be moved and changed. May we go from this place with the same fire and passion that burned in the life of Jesus as he came out of his wilderness. Amen. I invite you to be in a spirit of prayer with me as I offer this morning's pastoral prayer. Let us pray. Abiding God, today is the first Sunday of Lent, a season of repentance, self-examination, silence, and waiting for the leading of your Holy Spirit. Through your spirit, you lead us into the temptations of Jesus, 40 days in the wilderness where our lives are laid bare, where we come face to face with our desires for power, power over our own lives, power over the lives of our loved ones and enemies, and maybe even power over you. We ask you to open us to your grace and mercy, your love and provision as we confront the evil temptations, the demons that try to run our world and our lives. Give us the power of your Son that we might also throw off the insidious powers of sin, the forces of selfishness and pride, greed and ego, the forces that keep us from confronting the truth about our lives and the world. May we also resist the temptation to find our rest in places that muffle the cries of injustice. May we not tune out the desperation of those who are needy, the anger of those who are wronged, and the despair of those who have lost all hope. As we start to close out Black History Month, we listen closely to our siblings of color who tell us again And again, that all is not all right. May their voices echo in our Lenten silence, for the call of your spirit speaks through them. We hear you in the anguished cry of a widow who lost his spouse. We hear you in the cries of a daughter who lost her father far too soon. You speak also speak through the laughter of a child the honest cry for help from someone in need. You are present in the person who sits with someone in pain, who has the courage to diffuse a conflict, who tells a joke, who does a simple act of kindness. You are right alongside those who live in regions torn by tension and war, by disaster and famine and poverty. On this first anniversary of the invasion of Ukraine, It's hard to believe it's already been one year. We continue to pray for the Ukrainian and Russian citizens whose lives are being decimated by this war. And we also lift up our siblings in Pakistan who are beginning to pick up the pieces of their lives after that 
terrible earthquake. You are present with us through all the little and big moments of our lives. And this Lent, may we be more attuned to all that this life has to offer. May we be more alive, giving energy to that which is life-giving and turning away from the temptations which are death-dealing. We pray all of this in the name of your Son, our brother, Jesus, the risen Christ, who first taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Today's scripture reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 4. And if you'd like to follow along in your bulletins, you're welcome to, as the text is printed there. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tested by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterward he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God... Command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, again, it is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these I will give you. If you will fall down and worship me. And then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. And then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited upon him. May God bless our modern hearing of these sacred words. It was breaking news this week in St. Louis literally breaking news, a bear broke out of a cage at the zoo. And they captured the bear and they put him back in the cage and they got a bigger clasp. And the bear broke out again out of the cage at the zoo. Now, this has nothing to do with anything except I was struck by that story and I had intended to tell you a story about a bear of my own. And it was just too much fun to hear about the bear in St. Louis. It's very weak. So I had to share it with you. So now let me tell you my bear story. Maybe you have a bear story too. Uh, my family was a big camping family. We went camping all the time. And we went camping to Yellowstone National Park. Have you been to Yellowstone? It's a beautiful place. We loaded the car with everything. My dad packed it all in the trunk of the car cussing the whole time. 
We, we drove really long, long hours with the, all of us in the back of the car without a single seat belt, I'll have you know. The kids rolling over each other and all. I was maybe six, seven years old. My sister, six years older, was a young teenager. So we went out to Yellowstone Park. When we get to Yellowstone Park, we, we go to the first campsite that we can get to, the first campground, and uh, it looked rather full. We're driving around the campground. There was a, uh, there was a ranger station there. Um, my father uh, looked right past it. My mother said, maybe we should stop and ask them for directions. My father humphed and kept driving. We looked around. We drove all the way around. Every single place was full, but maybe we'd missed one. We come by the ranger station. My mother suggested again that perhaps we should stop. My father again didn't do it. We made one more pass through all of the, of the campsites. Finally, we go back to the ranger station. My dad goes in. He says, we're looking for a camp spot. And they said, oh, this is all full. Uh, duh. <laughs> but we have an overflow campground down the road, and maybe you want to go there. And so uh, he said, but it's a little primitive. That means no flush toilets. We kind of were used to that news. But it was worse than no flush toilets. There was also no actual campsites. It was just a big field. But we pulled into the campground and we set up our tent and made our tent and got all settled down. So there we are, settled down. We, we get everything unpacked. We go to see Old Faithful. Have you done that? Oh, it's really amazing. Right out of the ground, this thing shoots up and smells terrible. But it's wonderful. It's very exciting. We did that. We saw some other sites, and then we went back to our campground. And when we'd gotten to the campground, there was hardly anyone there when we first got there. But by the time we got back at night, the overflow campground was now overflowing. And because there weren't defined camp spots, we had our tent right here. But somebody put a little igloo tent right next to ours, just exactly next to ours, with hardly any space to get in between it. When you go to Yellowstone, there are signs everywhere. They do not feed the bears. But more than that, they say, don't put your food in your tent or anything. Put your food in your car and lock it all up safe and sound, which we did. I had a dutiful family. But the people who put in the tent next to us, they seem to have gotten it backwards. They put their food in the tent and, they're st and they're, they slept in the car. So in the middle of the night, in that space between the igloo tent, that little one like this, and ours, a rarely seen grizzly bear in the main part of the campus, but not so rare in the overflow part of the campus, came into that spot in between and in very quick work smashed their tent and swung back and hit our tent and smashed the ice chest and grabbed the goodies and smashed our tent and went running off. While the bear is swinging back and forth, silhouetted against the side of our tent, my sister sits up and starts to scream, but nothing came out. My dad grabs a hand axe, and the bear's gone. Well, my mother led a family discussion then. <laughs> she always led the family discussions. 
First, she says to my sister, Martha, Martha, what, why didn't you scream? Weren't you terrified? She said, oh, mama, I was scared to death, but nothing came out. And then she turned to my dad and said, Bob, what were you going to do with that hand axe? Protect your family? And he said, hell no, I was going to make another exit out of this tent. (laughs) We love to tell that story. Told it a thousand times in our family. Uh, I told it one time to a high school youth group. And uh, at the end of the story, one of the high schoolers, like these little kids here, ask a hard question. He said, uh, is that a true story? And I started to just answer him just like that. Well, of course. Well, uh, I don't remember what I remember actually happening and what I remember hearing from the story that we told. Do you know how that is? You, you have your memory, but then you have the memory of the story. And after you've told the story long enough, you don't remember what you remember and what's the story. And besides, I was only seven or eight years old. So I then described to him, I said, well, you know, I don't have much historical evidence for this story, but I I bet we could go back to Yellowstone and uh, because we reported that bear. Everybody reported that bear. And I bet you they have a, a three-by-five card somewhere that says Greenhaws reported that, <laughs> if they kept such a card. There's really no actual evidence that it happened. Is it a true story? I don't know. But I know the story's true. And what I know is true about it is my family loved to go on vacations together. My mother would always suggest we stop and get directions. My father, full of pride, would not allow it. That you could be so terrified that you could scream and nothing would come out. And even though you'd love to tell everybody how brave and bold you are, when it comes down to it, you're likely to be so frightened your first reaction is to cut a hole out of the tent and run. I don't know if it's a true story, but I know the story is true. It's especially true about the love that I enjoyed in my family, and we love to tell that story. We're at the beginning of Lent, and during Lent we're going to hear a bunch of stories We're going to hear stories about Jesus' ministry and travel, about his eating with his disciples, about his crucifixion and his resurrection. And during this whole season, starting with today, some of these stories stretch our ability to believe. Is it a true story? Did Jesus really go up on a mountain? Did he really not eat anything for 40 days and 40 nights? I believe that he was famished, it says in the text, but the rest, is it a true story? And then he meets the the devil. Did the devil have a tail and horns and a pitchfork? What kind of devil was this? The, The tempter, the devil, Satan, called three different things in this story. Is it true? I'm filled with skepticism. There are no GPS images that were taken There's no written document other than this story that everybody has told generation after generation. 
just like my family story. There's not hard proof. Is it a true story? Or is the story true? Does the story describe the temptations that we have in life? The ways in which we want to exchange something good for something poor? The way we seek power or are tempted by power? And in all of those ways, this story communicates that Jesus, who is the Christ, who is the Son of God, who is to be the resurrected one, who is to be the founder and leader and mover of a whole movement called the church, rejects such power. Instead, chooses the power of love, of humility, of kindness of sacrifice. Is this a true story? You'll ask that question over and over as you hear the stories during this Lent and throughout the time with the Bible. Don't quit asking that story, but don't become so tied up with it that you forget to hear the truth that is in the story. May we have ears to hear and eyes to see and a soul to feel the stories of God. Sisters and brothers, go forth in power and in peace today. Go forth in the sure and certain knowledge that some things that don't seem true may have more truth than we think. Go forth in the name of Christ. Amen.